I'm Stephen Baxter. And I'm Kara Myberg guzman This is Santa Cruz Local. On Tuesday, the Santa Cruz City Council will decide the future of the city's downtown library. They'll decide whether to renovate the library where it is or build a new one a few blocks away. Ten libraries across Santa Cruz County are getting rebuilt and renovated. The money comes from Measure S. That's a $67 million bond measure. It was approved by county voters in 2016. The downtown Santa Cruz Library is the last library design that needs approval. Both projects work with a base budget of $27 million, but they're both going to require more money than that, and the city will have to find it. In today's episode, we want to explain both library options. We also have a good idea of which way the city council will vote, and we'll get to that in a bit. Let's talk about the idea to renovate on the current site. The current downtown library is 42,000 square feet. If it were renovated, it would create a library of about 30,000 square feet. It's smaller because the areas that house the mechanical and other systems would be demolished. The downtown library was built in 1968. It would need a lot of work. Asbestos would have to be removed, the guts of the building would be overhauled. All of that adds to the cost. Jason Architects was hired by the city last year to estimate the cost of a renovation. The architects wrote in their report that even with $7 million added to the base budget, it would be a, quote, low to medium quality facility, close quote. Basically, it would not be a point of civic pride. Susan Nemitz is the director of Santa Cruz Public Libraries. Here's what she said about the renovation. I think the library is insufficient size to achieve our goals. I think it doesn't create basic infrastructure that we need, like perimeter control, public restrooms. And, you know, we need two elevators with a two-story building. It also reduced our collection size. Um, And I, I think one of the most alarming pieces for me was that it required that the library closed for two years without any funding for what we do in that period of time. Some people like the plan though. Santa Cruz resident John Hall is the leader of Downtown Commons Advocates. It's a group that's pushing for the renovation. You might have received the group's mailer this month. If you look at the Jason Architects uh, plan for the library being reconstructed where it is, it's a beautiful and kind of really engaging and thoughtful uh, piece of work that connects the uh, city hall to the library. It has uh, uh, parking right next to it that makes it easily accessible uh, for people that have disabilities. It has great interior planning in terms of uh, siting uh, so that librarians can witness what's going on in all parts of the library. It has great interior lighting. You know, I could go on and on. Yeah, we're we're strongly in favor of, we think that if you hold the two plans right up against one another and you dig into the architectural details, that uh, the Jason plan is clearly superior. If the city council were to approve the renovation, the $27 million base price doesn't get you some things you might want. That's according to the architect's report. That's things like acoustic ceilings to dampen noise more toilets than the current library, which serves about a thousand people a day, and wall finishes and landscaping. To get those extras, the library system would have to raise about $10 million in donations. 
Susan Nemitz, the library's director, says she thinks that'll be difficult. Let's shift gears and talk about the housing and garage library plan. Like the other plan, this budget calls for a library of about 30,000 square feet. But depending on the fees charged to the housing developer, the library could be larger. Three years ago, a downtown library committee had a bunch of public meetings. One of the things they wanted to figure out was what city residents wanted in a public library. More than 2,000 people responded to their survey. People said they wanted Wi-Fi, computers, a quiet space, a dedicated children's room. About half said they wanted library parking and small meeting rooms. All these priorities match national trends for library uses. These days, a library is more than just a quiet place to read. Susan Nemitz again, the library's director. So we had a year-long community study process. Um, We looked at libraries around the country and around the region, did site visits, lots of research. We had uh, over 100 people um, come in and talk uh, to that group, and they determined we needed about 44,000 square feet to achieve our um, programmatic goals for the library. And uh, I have to say that neither of the two options provide those 44,000 square feet. Um, But either way, um, for me, my math is pretty simple. um, And it has been, how can I get the most library for the $27 million that Measure S provides? And in my personal opinion, I believe you can get more library from the multi-use building. The plan for a mixed-use library comes with a parking garage. That's the most controversial part. Okay, so what's the garage doing there? Well, surface parking lots downtown are intended to be developed into housing. So when those lots disappear in the next 10 years, a garage would replace some of those spots and consolidate parking. City leaders have wanted to build a new parking garage downtown for about 20 years, but they couldn't pay for it. Now, by combining a library, garage, and housing, it helps share costs. It costs more to build them separately. City models predict a shortage of 1,200 parking spaces in the next 15 years or so. Here's Claire Gologli, a city transportation planner. Over and over again, what I heard from business owners and from employees was the cost of housing is so high in Santa Cruz that my employees are coming from further and further and further away. And it is utterly unrealistic to tell them that they cannot drive and park. Because in telling them to take transit, you're adding two and a half hours to their day in which they're paying for additional childcare, they're not being with their families, they're not being present. And so parking as a component of our downtown is critical for our lowest paid workers. Um, At the same time, those that do have other options, we absolutely are going to continue to support them with bike, pedestrian transit and carpooling alternatives, but there is no silver bullet and there is no one size fits all. The garage, by the way, could be on top of the library or next to it. Many other cities, like Watsonville, have mixed-use libraries. Architects build sound barriers so you don't hear the cars. But a lot of people don't like the idea of combining the library with the garage. Environmental groups like the Sierra Club and the Campaign for Sustainable Transportation say the city should plan for a future where there could be less demand for parking. 
And they say city leaders should invest more in alternative transportation before the garage. Others say the city should have communicated its plans for a library and garage earlier. Everyone who found out about this made-up project <laughs> was shocked and said, wait a minute, we voted for something else. That's Jean Brocklebank. She lives in Live Oak. She's one of the leaders of Don't Bury the Library. It's one of a few groups opposing the library garage plan. It was shock. It was outrage. They immediately called it a bait and switch to remove a standalone library, which is part of the vital public civic center, and take it away from that place across from City Hall and stick it into a, at the time, just a parking garage. The shock was that instead of restoring the downtown library that had served the community for many decades and could continue to serve the community for decades into the future, that instead of doing that, which is what people voted for, they came up with this crazy mixed-use project. In 2016, a lot of Measure S voters didn't know about the city staff's idea to combine the library and garage. The city council only floated the idea after the measure passed. The council added the housing part later. The mixed-use plan since then has garnered some wide support. Some people want more housing, some businesses and workers want more parking, and some people say they just want the bigger library that goes with it. There's a coalition called Downtown Forward that formed last year to support the mixed-use plan. We're pretty sure we know how the vote will go down Tuesday. Most of the council members have made their positions known during meetings. Based on that and our interviews with council members, the votes seem to be in line to approve the mixed-use plan. Councilmember Sandy Brown told me that this week, too. And she's been a longtime opponent of the housing and garage plan. A council committee of Mayor Cummings, Vice Mayor Donna Myers, and Brown have studied the issue over the past several months. Last week, they voted to recommend that the council approve the mixed-use plan. The recommendation comes with a few conditions made by Brown a requirement of at least 50 affordable housing units, a limit of 400 parking spaces, and a height limit equal to the five-story building next door. Brown also got the committee to support a public process to determine how to reuse the library's current site. We don't have on the city council right now the political will to consider another way. So I wanted to make sure that we, the priorities that I have were at least heard and really taken seriously. And that's not to say that anybody was opposed to any of this, um, but more to say that um, I worry that if and when we get to those decision points where it, it may not seem as um, viable to get that, that deep subsidy for low-income units that other decisions might be made. So I wanted to try to really solidify that commitment. Let's talk about that housing part. 
Brown isn't alone in her skepticism about whether affordable housing will be built with this project. We talked to Diana Alfaro. She's a housing manager for the nonprofit developer Midpen Housing. That firm is one of a few affordable housing developers that have told city leaders they're interested in building the library mixed-use project. In full disclosure, Alfaro also serves on Santa Cruz Local's Community Advisory Board. We asked Alfaro about the recommendation for 50 low-income units at the project. Could that actually work for the developer? It could work. Um, Right now, it's really hard to finance anything, and so it would really mean on, it would really depend on the city commitment to really make this actually happen. Uh, Because right now, you can't really depend on just other outside sources to really um, make this happen. You, You just there's no way you, you need to have a some sort of match fund to really give you that subsidy to give you the edge to get those other sources of funds through the state or through tax credits or whatever. And so that would be one thing to keep in mind as we move forward with this process. Um, you know, 50 units, great. We, think we need to define what that means. Is it for seniors? Is it for special needs? Is it for families? You know, families, units take up more space. So that height limitation might be an issue. So that's one thing to consider. Um, and then also, uh, you know, the target income of 50% AMI, that's the standard usually. Um, but if you want to do housing for, you know, chronically homeless individuals, then that needs to go lower. Um, and a subsidy piece there through uh, project-based Section 8 vouchers would be very much needed. When Alfaro talks about the target income of 50% AMI, she's talking about the area median income. So at today's standards, a person who would get one of these units would have to earn less than $55,000 roughly. And we asked Alfaro, given the current COVID-19 situation, how competitive are state and federal grants for affordable housing projects? Extremely competitive. Um, even though two years ago we voted for props one and two, which gave $6 million for housing, there's no way to, there, it's just so competitive. There's so much need out there that it, there's, there's really no way to build something without a local commitment and other funds. You need, you need to go for anything you can get. Um, you, you have to, you just have to, there's just no way. Um, and that's just talking about the state funds that are available. It's not enough. So um, we need to really line up the project to be the most competitive it can be. And to really do that, you kind of have to build 100% affordable. Um, and you have to really go for that deep targeting of affordability. So that's really 30 to 50% of AMI. The developer and the city council will balance competing pressures when they figure out the mix of affordable and maybe market rate units. The city can actually get more money for the library for market rate units than they would from affordable units. They do that by charging air rights fees to the developer. Those fees cover shared construction costs like for shared walls, elevators, and the foundation. Last thing, the downtown farmer's market. I asked the market director, Nash Dillon, what he thought about moving from Cedar Street. We've always anticipated this moment coming um, because it's a, you know, it's a city-owned lot and it's the most, probably the, has the highest development uh, possibilities and capacities. And a lot of the other lots 
in downtown Santa Cruz just aren't as appealing. Dylan said at the end of the day, what he and his board want is a permanent home for the market. The city council meeting on the downtown library will take place Tuesday, June 23rd. You can watch and participate on Zoom. We'll send you the details on time and how to participate in our Sunday newsletter. If you can't attend, you can email your comments to citycouncil at cityofsantacruz.com. To get our free newsletter, sign up at santacruzlocal.org. The link is in our show notes. Two bits of housekeeping. We want to know your priorities for the upcoming local elections. We'll press the candidates based on what we hear from you. Please take our voter survey. Our survey is at santacruzlocal.org slash voter survey. That link is in our show notes. Also, if you have business or marketing experience, apply for Santa Cruz Local's Business Advisory Circle. We're building a group of advisors to help Santa Cruz Local's strategy, marketing, and connections to sponsors. That link to the application is also in our show notes. Thank you to all our members. Thank you especially to our Guardian Level members, Chris Necklison, Patrick Riley, Elena Cohen, and Steve Ritz, Elizabeth and David Doolin, and the Kelly family. Our work depends on member support from people like you. Support local journalism in Santa Cruz County with a Santa Cruz local membership. The sign-up is at santacruzlocal.org membership. Thanks to Trimpot for the theme music. I'm Stephen Baxter. And I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. And thank you for listening to Santa Cruz Local. This episode was sponsored by Santa Cruz Works, your connection to our area's thriving tech and business community. With over 5,000 members, Santa Cruz Works gives you access. The largest monthly tech events, solutions for your startups and businesses, connections to the hottest jobs, and the latest news about local companies, their stories, and best practices. Subscribe free to the Santa Cruz Works weekly newsletter today, santacruzworks.org slash podcast.